And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Russell Pierce Raw Review, and we're back at it. Uh, myself, Ibu uh, Russell Pierce, better known as many of you guys, is back of Hangman. And I'm joined by Robin Verlander, as usual, and we're going to talk about the post Royal Rumble edition of Monday Night Raw. Uh, pretty eventful show with three very good matches, uh, but also a show that made it very apparent that um, a lot of the plans are in disarray. Uh, CM Punk is injured, he has a torn tricep. And um, between that and Brock Lesnar's inavailability for WrestleMania, a lot of matches are getting changed around. And uh, it's clearly affecting how they're going to build uh, Elimination Chamber because there's certain talents that can't even travel. So uh, a lot of things are right now <coughs> up in the air. And um, it's it's going to be a, a tough time when it comes to that and when it comes to figuring out what they're going to do. But we're going to make sense of it all. We're going to tell you guys the situations, break down the scenarios, maybe fantasy book a bit. Um, but we're getting all that on the raw review, guys. Please make sure to like the video, comment, super chat. Um, it's going to be a bit of a quicker show than usual because I got a lot going on. I got to get out of here fast. So get your super chats in early and as as early as possible because, again, we, we uh, can't stick around too long tonight, but um, today. Uh, but, uh, again, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure to like the video, send super chats, comment, all that stuff, raw review. Uh, Rob, what's going on, man? How you doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, after a you know, basically horrific week within the WWE where mm-hmm. it started last new because remember on last Tuesday we were on like uh, like a different a whole different cloud talking about how we got the Netflix deal and the Rock is on the board and all this type of shit and then the Vince shit drops on what was that Thursday right it was Thursday the mm-hmm. Vince shit drops on Thursday and then. Seth gets injured two weeks ago and then now CM Punk gets injured at the Royal Rumble and tears his fucking uh tears his tricep and now he can't fucking do the, the mania match with uh Seth or whatever. And so now it's just like you could tell Raw, even though they were I'm 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 giving props to Raw for despite having to scramble around and change a lot of things that I know they probably had to change because of the injuries, it still ended up being a good show last night. And uh, let's, let's get straight to talking about it. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's, uh, it's one of those shows where, as an individual show in a vacuum, that we had some real nice wrestling on it. And uh, the show really does benefit from Sami Zayn and Gunther being back. I'll tell you that, Rob. I know we were on this show a couple weeks ago, and it'd be a three-hour show that struggled to fill those three hours. You know, Gunther... Uh, wrestling an hour or two and Sami Zayn wrestling in the main event is a big difference. And it's just a big difference from, you know, R-Truth and Miz tagging an hour or two and doing a Miz TV. And, uh, you know, Damian Priest is kind of not really having what it would, you know, not really essentially having the facilities to put together the unnecessary, unnecessary uh, main event on, on Raw. But yeah, I like the show, but I'm still very uneasy about the immediate future of the company who's creative because, um, CM Punk is hurt, and there are some pivot options that they can go to. But how do you go about achieving those pivot options? I know Gunther, for example, cannot travel to Perth, Australia. What do you do with that? And there's the other thing, Rob, that the original plan for the Elimination Chamber was going to be the men's chamber is going to be a six-man match. The winner faces Seth at Mania. That was the plan. Punk was going to be in the chamber. It was going to be Punk, Sammy Drew, and three other guys. How do you do that now? Because if Punk can't wrestle the match and you need a pivot option, what, do you do the chamber anyway and Sammy and Drew have a tie in the finish or some shit? Or use some, like, fuck finish in the men's chamber? 
I don't know. I don't know how you pull that off. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what ends up happening, guys. But again, Super Chats, we'll answer all your questions. We'll, we'll get in everything. Um, CM Punk, Rob. CM Punk is a torn tricep. He, yes. He sustained this injury in the Royal Rumble pretty early in his, in his, uh, in his tenure in the match. Um, tore it straight off the bone and let the referees know yeah. immediately. He tested it by doing the tricep test where he was trying to do the tricep push-up. And uh, he ended up having to wrestle that entire last stretch of Cody Rhodes with one arm. And he couldn't bump properly because of this and brace for himself. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he was gonna, he was going to face Efron's at Mania. This would not happen because this injury is a four to six month recovery, Rob, and he needs surgery immediately. This yeah. cannot be rehabbed naturally like Sephron's. Sephron's is, I don't think he's going to get surgery on his meniscus knee. He already does not have a, 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 a knee brace. So, um, so Seth is going to be okay for Mania, but, but is, 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 the answer for Punk, uh, the answer is no. He's not going to be okay. He's not going to be available. Uh, so that throws WrestleMania completely all over the place between that and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm going to ask you first, Rob, before we get into Monday Night Raw, what's your reaction to Punk's injury and what do you think is the right course of action when it comes to pivoting? Well, you know me. I um sometimes, you know, like yesterday, I got some of my jokes off and people weren't too happy, but I don't like that this has changed the course of because despite what I might think about Seth Rollins as a wrestler in 2023 going into 2024, Seth Rollins has I will say with some of his matches that he's had with the world title he and the way he's presented himself and the way he works so hard and does all these dates as the world champion, he has earned himself a WrestleMania main event, regardless of like what anybody might think about the fact like he has earned himself a WrestleMania main event. So it's very unfortunate that he got hurt two weeks ago, but now it's even more confirmed that like, he basically probably won't get his main event, and Rhea might get his main event now that Punk is hurt. Well, if whether that happens or not, we'll we'll you know that we'll stay the course and probably see that. But you know, and it's very unfortunate that now, like Punk, probably won't get his first main event back. But it is what it is, man. It's the wrestling business, like and and Raw Rumbles. I don't know. CM Punk has always been like prone to get hurt in royal rumbles because 10 years ago he got hurt in the rumble he mm-hmm. took a flying clothesline from kofi and he got a concussion on the landing so mm-hmm. yeah yeah he was cooked at the rumble at, uh, in 2014 and uh i know he's had some matches but what i think he should have done i think he should have at least had a match or two on raw just to like basically feel feel it out get the feeling process in because you know a lot of guys uh, that's how trent Beretta got uh, uh hurt his neck um he wasn't wrestling as much during the 2k like the little 2k fucking uh what was it the mocap and he he, he didn't warm up and so he, he took a bump like with no warm-ups and that's how you fucked his neck up so yeah uh Samoa joe got hurt doing motion capture i think two a couple years ago he got like a concussion from it but um that's the thing about Punk. I reached out to their camp, and that, that's what he believes. Uh, that's what he believes, Rob. He, he's of the opinion that once he got into the flow of wrestling every week and wrestling on the house shows, he wouldn't have gotten hurt because he would have been in the flow of everything. Right, he right. believes that 
his disjointed start and stop schedule when it comes to wrestling and bumping is messing with his body uh, because he can't get used to a, a specific rhythm. And so when you, when you look at it, right, he was doing the collision matches, but then he had the last match with Joe, then he didn't wrestle for months. Then he did the two house show matches back to back in December. Then he didn't wrestle for another month and then did the rumble. And so look, injuries usually are freak accidents, but I think there's something to be said about consistency and rhythm and your body just kind of gets used to bumping and knows how to move. It just knows how to like absorb everything. And um, I think there's maybe something to be said about inconsistent schedules leading to, to more frequent injuries. Because that's, that's what, um, that's what used to happen to Taker. It's like, that's why Taker would have the bad matches at Mania, the bad matches, because he would only, he only, he would get on his one match a year cycle, but he's, it's like, brother, you can't wrestle one time a year and expect everything to go completely well, especially if you're not like having mat at least like if you're having matches in your little wrestling school or with your ring or in your garage or whatever, that's one thing. But like, you're just doing a cycle and then coming out to wrestle. It's not going to work, brother. So. Yeah, I want to make an issue a correction. Uh, the, the comments corrected me, and uh, uh, they're right about this. Samoa Joe got concussed in a, in a USA Network commercial shoot. That is correct. Uh, but, but yeah, man, that's that's the thing about it. It's, it's just tough to establish a rhythm when it comes to that. Um, another news note: Kevin Owens fractured his foot uh, on on January fifth against Santos Escobar, and um, he worked he worked with this injury against Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. And uh, I can tell you this: <laughs> the fact that he worked that in, worked that match with that injury, and the match had that kind of open ended, non conclusive finish, tells me that that he's just going to continue wrestling on this. Uh, so, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but that's certainly what Kevin Owens is going to do. He's going to get that mania paycheck no matter what. Uh, maybe this is this is to explain why he looks so fucking grumpy lately, because he does look really grumpy lately. Uh, but yeah. I, I would be too if my foot was just killing me and I had to walk around on it. Um, I've hurt my foot before, and it's it's not fun at all. And uh, I know EO Sky, uh, Rob, she was wrestling on a fractured foot in uh, late 2022. Like around uh, September, September, October, November, December, her foot was also fractured and she was working on it. And uh, it, it, it's why it led to some moments during that early damage control run where she didn't look quite like herself, uh, but she eventually got it going. And I think she's good now. But yeah, man, uh, best of luck to Kevin Owens. I hope he rests himself for the most part and uh, he should take a nice anyway. break after WrestleMania. That's the thing about uh, KO, bro, and his working like. Mm-hmm. Watching that match, or watching the matches that he's had lately, especially watching the match with Logan Paul. Did you see Logan after that match, bro? <laughs> like he, Logan, he, he looked shaken up, bro. He looked like he just went through a fucking marathon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin put him through hell. You couldn't even tell that he was hurt. So absolutely. Another uh, news: Shawn Michaels is uh, he refuses to let Braun Breaker go to <laughs> Braun Breaker. He might have gotten into business for himself, but he was—he did that post-show uh, uh, interview where he basically was saying that he belongs on the big stage and that this is his home now, and he was saying he's going to go up to Judgment Day and all that type of stuff. And uh, they were touting Braun Breaker hard on Raw. They were like talking about him, uh, and as we'll get into later, uh, Adam Pierce, not Pierce, uh, Nick Aldis uh, said he was getting a phone call from Braun. So we're going to see what's going on. We're going to get—we're going to get the follow-up to Braun Breaker on SmackDown. They they go they go be like oh we got we got a contract when we got a contract and all you of a sudden you go here Shawn Michaels oh that's very oh that's that's unfortunate but no we're not gonna so, let him go sadly I I think he's gonna do double duty but yeah Shawn Michaels refuses to 
just go quietly into the night. He he said regarding Von Breaker, uh, as the up? resident NXT fan, mm-hmm. uh, the, besides Monty, like around here, bro, just let him go. It's time for NXT to do the complete rebuild going into the uh going into the CW deal, bro. It's time. The thing is, I don't think they know who that replacement top guy is going to be going to that CW deal. If Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, presumably Tiffany Stratton, and a few other pieces are all going to be gone relatively soon, who is NXT going to be built around for CW? Now, that's not my problem. I, I'd like all these talented people to just get called up already, right? But that is mm-hmm. a problem for them. And so, uh, to be honest with you, I'd be thinking about signing like someone outside of WWE to just be... I was just about to say, yo, make Hammerstone the new top guy, bro. He's too old, though. He's too old. Is he? Is he? He's like 32, isn't he? Bro, Bobby Roode was NXT champion of 40. Yeah, but that was a totally different NXT. That's black and gold where everybody was like 36, you know? That's true. That's true. I I like Alex Hammerstone. It just, if it was the old NXT, yeah, but right now, let me look at it. Let me look at Let me just double check Alex Hammerstone's age. No, he's 33. You're right. 33 years old. That's the guy you sign and, uh, you know, you put him on the main roster. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, Femi. Well, he is. I mean, but you need a couple of pieces and a core to build around. And I, I feel like. I feel. I don't, like I don't think they, Trick is going up. They, I mean, they could keep Trick, but again, they need Trick is still like learning and figuring it out and putting it together. They need a couple stable hands, the steady hands. Maybe if anything, uh, if it was up to me, if anything, um, I think we do more with Nathan Frazier as a singles wrestler and let him have his Shawn Michaels 1996 run because if there's anybody you could trust to have reliable main events that are very good with a stable worker. I, I could, you could do that with Nathan Frazier for about six months if you really want to do that. Um, that's another guy I'd like to see on the main roster, but if you need to hold some people over to kind of stay, steady the ship, what NXT needs right now, I think is, um, is a guy that can play the ace for about half a year while they, while they get more people over because again trick williams obafemi these are talented prospects but they're not guys that i'm comfortable relying on for uh for these uh for these pay-per-view events outside of the pc and in, in, in uh, main event situations so i feel like since axiom has been really been there since what fucking nxt 2.0 like nate frazier hasn't been, been there since 2.0 he's really been there since the uh the new golden NXT shit that they're doing, whatever color scheme that is now. Mm. And so uh, I feel like keeping him because people aren't really too familiar with him yet. Like they know he sets, he sets a student and they know he's a good wrestler, but I don't feel like, and then plus he hasn't won a belt there yet. Like he hasn't done, he hasn't really established himself within the NXT verse as like a guy you should care about yet, even though he's, he's great, very talented, but he hasn't like established himself to the audience. And so I feel like if you just bring at, bring Axiom up to help out with the, the work rate on SmackDown or either the work rate on Raw, depending on which show you prefer him on, um, I think you could possibly do like a build with those guys in NXT. To be honest, to be honest, I love all those guys on, on, on the main roster just with the wrestling, but um, there may be redundancies there. If, if, if Carmelo Hayes and Dragon Lee are going to be on SmackDown, like – Axiom, like, what what role does he serve in the immediate purpose when you're trying to get those guys over? So, so for me, honestly, genuinely, I think the more I think about this, I think what you do is 
these talented but not quite pushed to the to where they need to be guys like a Frazier and an Axiom, I think you just expand their roles and give them the ball more. Uh, mm-hmm. So so honestly, for NXT, I think building more around them and maybe looking towards some outside signings. If you have to build the women's division around Julia, so be it. If you have to, um, God, again, the thing is, who, who's out there that's really good, that's young, and that just it feels very put together. It's it's it's, it's kind of tough. Um, that ass. It, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know who that who that name is. Who that guy is. But the the thing is, Mister Big Dude, bro. Tony D has been there since NXT two point oh two. That's the thing. A lot of these guys were pretty much ready to ready to come up, and and that's the tough thing. It's like Sean did a good job getting these people ready, right? This generation. Uh, but I think the generation right under them aren't even ready to carry TV. So. He's going to have to stagger who comes up and who doesn't. So I get why he's clinging to Braun Breaker. But at the same time, Braun's been ready to come up. Uh, just just so, just so to give the people the information, let me, let me get you guys uh, the exact quote that I lost here. Of course I lost it. Uh, let me find it again. So they asked, uh, they asked Shawn Michaels basically about... Um, they asked Shawn Michaels about Braun Breaker, who said that the main roster was his home, and he said... I can assure you that there's one, there's more left for Braun Breaker here in NXT one way or another. So he's an incredibly talented, very gifted young man. As far as I'm concerned, he's young and, as we say, full of piss and vinegar. So if he wants to double time it, he can certainly do it, but I'm not letting him go that easy. So that's his stance. I get his perspective, but I also think from a selfish personal standpoint, Braun Breaker, like it's 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 the right call for him to be up. So he is the bro, he's the fucking senior. And year eight of fucking college, brother. Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's he's ready to go up. Uh, but with that said, Rob, let's get into the super chats and then go go through this raw review. They got this uh one nigga in college football. He's been there like eight years, brother. That's who Braun Breaker is. It's time to leave. Alien Love, 999. Drew McIntyre's having a career high with week to week storytelling. True melodrama. Not outright turning him has made his progression to being more bitter and heinous that much more rewarding he's getting so good that like non-wwe fans are getting into his work and that's partially for two reasons also it's because like he's 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 becoming a free agent so he might be available and also because he's shitting on punk but nevertheless he is uh someone that a lot of people are just getting into i think he's doing some of the best stuff he's ever done I, I tweeted it last night, like, this slow burn progression into the Scottish psychopath has just been, like, because you saw after he attacked Punk, he had that fucking, that thousand-yard fucking stare in his eyes, and he was, yeah, brother, it's time. Um, Mavs fan 84, 199, is it possible to edit Vince out of old footage? I'm going to let you know. I don't think it's possible, and I think that uh, when the, what WWE should do with the archives is just leave it alone. And I think what you do is when it comes to any new content you do, you just stop putting Vince in packages. You stop talking about Vince. You stop uh, glorifying Vince. And so you just leave it alone when it comes to the future stuff. But when it comes to what's already happened, he's too ingrained in everything. And so the really, really bad stuff, I think, that ages poorly, if you want to take those out, you feel free to do that in certain segments. But just generally speaking, I think you just leave it alone the same way you left Benoit alone. Benoit literally, literally killed his family. Uh, but they didn't remove him out the archives. They just don't glorify him, speak about him, or allow you to search him up on the network. And I think that's what you do with Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing, bro. Like, there's a lot of significant things that happen with Vince that you just can't like 
like a lot of Austin's run, you can't just act like it never happened. But you can't mm. you you can you know what you can do? You can't like directly reference him. Like when you go on the network, like Ibu said, it doesn't say Randy Orton faced Chris Benoit in the main event of SummerSlam. It's like Randy Orton uh challenges for the world title in the main event or whatever the case may be. Um I think he 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 can be removed from the intro to the show mm-hmm. and shit like that. So Yep. But yeah. Um, thank you for the super chat. Hush 199. Is SummerSlam realistic for Punk's return? Yes. Probably. Probably. Um Hush 199. Raw being WWE's blue league. I'm all for it. Yeah, Andrade signed with Monday Night Raw, and there's a lot of good workers for him to work with on Raw, and I would be happy to see him wrestling as much as possible in good matches against some of the better. Yeah. What is what is what is that shit? <laughs> it calls it the um the fucking the verse on SmackDown that Seth be talking about. Shout out Seth. Um, uh, I thought they were gonna put him with the uh, LWO fucking Legato verse. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have, but they elected not to, and I'm not complaining about it because. I mean, he yeah. could have done that and pulled it off, but he also, like, I think he's just, he could stand, he could stand on his own. Like, some of those guys need to be yeah. in bettings and need to be in tags. Andrade is good enough to set us down on his own. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does on Raw. I thought he came off really well last night in this segment. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Hush. Appreciate it, brother. Muhammad, um, 799. What, what is this, SAR? I have. Um, is, is it South African? I don't know the last name. Uh, he said Bailey got zero reaction. Saudi. It's, it's Saudi currency. It's Saudi currency. Got to. Uh, Bailey got zero reaction yesterday. Uh, uh, zero. Yeah, that was that was a really flat crowd. Like I assumed, like okay, a lot of the women's stuff won't be as flat to, uh, on Monday because you know damage control is going to be out there and people care about that storyline and they care about Bailey. And she came out and she got some Bailey chance, but like the, the segment got mad quiet. Like it was so awkward. She's out there and doing her thing, and the crowd is just dead silent. And then uh, they did the Rhea angle. And, like, I think the layout of the angle was totally fine. You know, the idea of just Bailey's trying to decide a choice. Nia comes out and basically makes it clear that she has Rhea first. And Bailey pretty much makes it clear, like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prolong my decision and probably pick EO on SmackDown. It is a fine segment as an idea. Uh, but coming late in hour three of Raw, when it came, I think the crowd was super tired. Like, that crowd already was a weird crowd last night. And by the time we got to this, there was no juice. They already just had, like, a really flat women's match they were watching that they didn't care about. And then you followed up with this, and they just had nothing for this. And uh, it's pretty crazy. Rhea didn't even get a big reaction. Rhea always gets superstar reactions. So That's the thing, bro. Like, some of these crowds they go to, mm-hmm. like, fucking uh... – where was this fucking St. Peter? Or was oh, this Tampa? This, or this, is Tampa, this is Tampa. Tampa's not like a great crowd normally, but they're not like a totally horrific fucking like Corpus Christi, Texas type of crowd. So I don't know. They just didn't have a lot of juice and uh, they pretty much tired out after hour two uh, last night. <laughs> um, trust the process 34, 499. There's no way for Cody to pick Roman without burying Seth's belt. You're sure you can mitigate the burial, but the damage is guaranteed and it becomes even less credible. So, you know, what's the interesting thing about this. I was watching this and I was like, I wonder how they navigate Cody not burying Seth's belt. I kept saying that to myself. And here's the thing. I don't mind them addressing the Cody Seth situation because there is an elephant in the room of like, why is it that Cody just never even checks for Seth's championship? 
Like, is like, what does that mean then for that belt? And I don't mind them addressing these types of things, these narratives from the internet, because they did it last year, Rob. I don't know if you remember at the time when Cody won the Rumble, people were like, is he is he actually even hotter than Sami Zayn? Isn't Sami Zayn the most over, the more over guy right now? Um, what do they do with Cody and Sami? What do they cheer Sami? That was fire. And if you remember, WWE didn't run from it. They had Sami run out there and call Cody Rhodes out, and it was an amazing segment where Sami was just like, "Do you think I could beat Roman Reigns?" And the crowd was going crazy for the standoff, and Cody was just kind of saying like, "I'm gonna finish my story. You need to finish yours. Beat Roman, and we'll face at WrestleMania." And it was one of those things where the fans were able to accept that we like both of these guys and we can, we can, we can compartmentalize. Uh, so I think they're, they were trying to get that type of energy this time with Seth and Cody. The thing is you have to come up with a very good answer as to why he doesn't want Seth's championship. And I'm not sure there's one that doesn't, I'm not sure that there is one that doesn't bury the belt unless Cody basically decides, look, I respect everything you said and I respect everything that championship represents but it's because Roman is being a, having a tyrannical reign with the main title that I have to stop it. This company needs me to stop it. And so I appreciate you. I respect you. We've been on the roads, like you said. We've done everything. We're making the towns. We're working. This belt is for the boys. I need to bring that belt back to the boys as well. Uh, I think that's probably the best possible you could give. He could have literally responded last night and just been like, listen, bro, I understand what you're saying. And like, I understand the history and the prestige behind the name, the World Heavyweight Championship, and and this on and so forth. I know my dad held the championship, and he could have just said, "But the, that I never got screwed over in front of my wife and kids for that championship. I never got embarrassed in front of like seventy thousand fucking people mm-hmm. for that championship." Mm-hmm. And so that's and and so that's the reasoning that I have to that I have to finish my story. And I understand that you want need a mania match, but I need to finish my story. So he could have just said sure. that. Thank you. Um fifty dollars, uh, KO fifty dollars. Um, isn't Julia coming in? Build around her for the short stay. You absolutely could, but at the same time, there's a certain way you have to present her, and I think that presentation should also not be one that lends itself to overexposure. Uh so Protecting her when it comes to how she comes off in matches and just when she's around is going to be important and vital. So you can't have, you still need somebody to carry TV is kind of my point, you know? Right. They need to present her like they presented Asuka and Io Shirai. Like they presented them like they were the great, some of the greatest Joshis of all time. Like they, they presented uh, Io like she was fucking, like she was the second coming of Minami Toyota type shit. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's basically what they need to do with the Julia build. Um, so some Ganda Chanko, 35 Czar. Sean holding Braun hostage, lol. You think they put him in something bloodline related if he goes to SmackDown? Alvarez said they took note of Trick. Trick is super over. Yeah, I- I'd like to see Braun involved in the bloodline because that stable has no juice to me right now. Nothing of interest, and the SmackDown main events have gotten repetitive. Like where it's like every week it's just Babyface versus Jay, Babyface versus Solo. There's nothing left to do there when it comes to that. And so Paul Heyman getting more out of the Paul Heyman Braun uh, dynamic would make this much much more interesting. Because like I said, the Bloodline are are, are on their last fucking fumes, in my opinion. Uh, we're we're doing just fine. No, you're not. Um, two point five. No, two million. Um, Kimberly, 
two dollars. Have you all acknowledged your tribal chief today? Hey, no, man. no, one, I never would have done. <laughs> seems Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Seems seems Cody Rhodes might acknowledge his tribal chief and take his dad's belt. No, what he won't. said last night, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Hush four ninety nine. Put some main roster people down to NXT. Cedric Ashanti the Adonis. That's a good. That's Another. a good uh, uh, idea. Like some of the underutilized main roster wrestlers that are good and know what they're doing and relatively young, you could send them down to be aces. Cedric's a good choice. I'm trying to think of other people that you can maybe think. That's of what they. Good. That's what they did in um 2019 when they were going up against AEW. They sent Finn down because they didn't know what to do with Finn. They mm-hmm. sent uh they they sent a few people down to NXT. I'm trying to think of like. Who 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 would be good options for this? Today? Like off the top of your head, like Cedric's a good one. Um, um it's hard to think of. It, ever since the cuts, it's hard to think of like guys that just yeah, don't get used. Some, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people do get used for the at least at least to the to a degree. So it's kind of tough. But um, like they were doing. See, the thing. Dominic was very helpful for a period when he was doing the the, the double duty. Like that was a big that was big for NXT. They got to come up with another guy that can be that type of dude. That's some double. I could argue, I could argue the NXT tenure helped him get better. Yes, yeah, at least to a degree. Um, it added to his like drawing ability one hundred percent. Cedric's a good choice. God, I'm thinking of like who? Who's like a guy that they actually push that could just do double duty? I'm trying, trying to think of who that would be. Um, um, I'll tell you what. If and when Chad Gable wins the IC belt, I wouldn't mind him doing doing both shows and just having good matches. Um, you could do that. Uh, I don't know. Or should Dragonov and Trick face to face? Should be beast. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I don't think people think Trick Williams is winning the championship this Sunday. I don't think he is. I think Carmelo Hayes is going to screw him over, and then they're going to have a match and stand and deliver. That's what it looks like. It's going to happen. Bro, send send fucking Cameron Grimes down down to NXT. He's yeah, not. Gonna he's use. not doing anything. He's not doing. Yeah, like anything. he's not going to use. And then when he's getting used, he's he losing stops. all the time. So. Yeah. You could do that if you wanted. All right. All right. Thank you, Hush. Uh, bro, 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 199. Seems like NXT wants that guy to be Lexus King, eh? It's, you know. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, that's your, you know, that's your opinion. You know, but I, 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 have, I have faith. I have faith. Hush, 199. I assume Gunther slash Imperium matches weekly now. I like I'd like that to be the case. I know that I was I was told that this year is going to be the year Imperium is going to be featured on Raw the way Judgment Day was the year before. Thank God, bro. Thank God. Well, don't oversaturate it like you did the fucking Judgment Day, though. Listen, I will happily oversaturate me some Gunther and Kaiser Vinci. That yo, you gotta. You gotta pause on that, brother. Yeah, pause, 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 pause. All right, um, that is all the yes, that is all the all right. Let's get to it. Let's try to wrap this up in about 30 minutes. So, basically, no, that's not super terrible. I'm starring these. So, uh, Raw opened up with the entrance of Pat McAfee, and Pat McAfee came out, and uh, people were saying put theory on NXT. I don't mind that he's like 26, 27. You could honestly do that, to be honest. But anyway, uh, Pat Magazine came out and uh, it was announced that he's now the new permanent commentator on Raw. The new Raw commentary team is Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. And uh, it was reported today by PW Insider that 
um, Wade Barrett will be moving to SmackDown, and it'll be Smack. It'll be Barrett and uh, Corey Graves, and Corey Graves will now slide to the play-by-play role. Uh, I've never heard Corey do play-by-play, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I guess we'll see on that one. Um, but yeah, McAfee. I liked McAfee on SmackDown. Um, I haven't liked his guest appearances because now that he's out of the loop, he's totally just a gimmick commentator now, just kind of like being like, "Whoa, whoa, my God, man." Oh, well, like, well, at least it might change now with him being on Raw. Well, yeah, he's gonna get you. He's gonna catch back up with the product, right? And yeah. and then and hopefully once that happens, he'll actually be kind of insightful. Even though I know that his role there is not to be insightful; it's to just bring energy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, all right. So that that's cool. Uh, McAfee is is now on Raw, and uh, CM Punk came out in the sling, and this is the big thing of the story of of the show. He comes out. And he looks very, very disappointed. And the crowd is giving him a huge CM Punk chance to open the show. And uh, he was saying that he doesn't really believe in luck, but he can't help but feeling really unlucky. And uh, he cut a fantastic promo about people, real people fighting life struggles. He says the losses more, he says he loses more than he wins in life, but he keeps fighting for his dreams because that's what the best in the world does. Uh, Punk says WrestleMania 40 isn't in the cards, but there's always next year. Um, He told a story about uh, a friend of his who because he was saying that like this is just a flesh wound a real fight is what his, his friend faces and he, he I, I, i'm sorry if i don't have the name uh, on hand at the moment but he basically told a story about his friend who has cancer and said that every time he visits him because he thinks about him a lot every time he visits him he's so optimistic and he has he's so positive and like that's a day-to-day fight and that people who people who who fight fires people who fight cancer like those are fights and those are day-to-day struggles that everybody faces he says like you know this this injury is like just the flesh wound and uh, it's a very passionate problem he talked about losing in the ufc and uh frankly i think this is the most um most heartfelt and just genuine CM Punk has come off in his wwe return run in my opinion uh, so so he cuts this whole promo and again says that wrestlemania 40 is not in the cards um even though like that that was his dream he talked about how like like he Punk was talking about like how like he welcomes things that scares him. Like UFC scared him. Coming back to WWE scared him. Leaving WWE scared him. He's saying that like he didn't want to leave, but he had to, and that it scared him, but he did it. And uh, he's a main event WrestleMania scares him. And he says it might haunt him for the rest of his life. Because I know if, if you listen to any Punk interview from ten years ago, like the fact that he never main evented like like ate away at him. Uh, so he said it might haunt him for the rest of his life, but um, he welcomes the challenge and he's going to try to just you know see what he can do next year uh, but yeah drew mcintyre comes out and my goodness rob this guy comes out he's talking he first of all he's basically said like i stand by everything i said you treated me horribly back in the day you're you're a bad person and a toxic person for the locker room uh, but with that said he's like, i feel for your friend i feel for your friend with this cancer i feel for what's going on with you and he said look i'm not a spiritual person i'm not a spiritual person but i prayed yeah for this injury and it happened yeah it was like oh my god and he was saying like i targeted you i targeted your body i i went after you i dissected you i assaulted you i targeted your body (laughs) i dissected you he said when punk eliminated him like he was so mad because he was talking about how like he said seth rollins like he 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 did a really good job with the championship but he and he ran like a real champion but you know, he got hurt, and he, and he said, like, who's going to be the next guy to take it to the next level? And he said, like, I couldn't let it be you. Couldn't let it be you. And um, so he's a super hater. Couldn't let it be you. And so he, he he was talking about, like, how mad he was that Punk eliminated him. 
But he said that the next night when he found out Punk was hurt, he was like, I slept like a baby. <laughs> he was talking shit. Punk got in his face, and he basically was just kind of like, he was just like, all right, bro. Like, Punk got in his face, and he told him, like, you know, when I get back, he said, he said next year I'm a main event at WrestleMania, but before that, when I get back, I'm coming after you. And so Drew, Drew starts attacking Punk. He rips the sling off. He starts stepping on his arm, which is crazy. And then Sammy, Davis, comes out. Sammy comes out for the big save. Sammy comes out for the big save and runs Drew McIntyre off. Sammy Zane's back on Raw, uh, and it's a setup for tonight. Sammy Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. What did you think of this opening segment, Rob? I loved this opening segment in the sense of I, I did appreciate, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, it was, it was I, the promo, basically Punk coming out and being like, yeah, man, like I'm fucking hurt and it sucks. But uh, maybe next year, like uh, at least maybe I can try next year. But then when Drew came out and then he starts cutting this fucking promo, like you said, where he's basically like, yo, I wanted this to happen to you so you could see what it fucking feels like. Because if you don't remember, uh, uh, Drew was getting the big push and then they had to change the finish to him versus Andrade because he tore his rotator cuff in that match. And so he was like, I wanted you to know what it feels like to miss out on something great because he couldn't even do WrestleMania or do any WrestleMania weekend stuff. So he's basically just like, yeah, I wanted you to know how it feels to like, like basically not get to do what you want to do. And now you'll never re- main event of WrestleMania. As long as I'm here, you'll never main event of WrestleMania. And so I, I like that aspect of it. I really enjoy this slow burn uh, that they have done back into the Scottish psychopath because it's like a, the Scottish psychopath is like Jew's best gimmick because it's him just doing whatever the fuck he wants, when he wants, however the fuck he feels like it. So that's that's the great part about that whole entire segment. Yeah, good stuff. Um, we followed this, Rob. Raw, Raw Hour and One was the commercial free hour. And we followed this up with DIY, who cut a promo on their way to the ring. Before that, there was like a backstage bit where like Judgment Day was talking about like reestablishing their dominance and stuff. But a DIY cut a promo to the ring, and they came out, and we got a, a tag title match. DIY and Judgment Day. This has been built now for about a month at least. And uh, 12 minutes wall-to-wall action. It felt longer than 12 minutes in the moment, but that was because there was no commercials. And my God. Is it refreshing to see commercial-free wrestling on Monday Night Raw? So maybe that's going to be the good thing about the Netflix deal because um, without the disjointedness of breaking the matchup with commercials, this really got to just develop properly and be a proper wrestling match, you know? And um, they got the crowd into it. This wasn't a great crowd last night, but they got into this one because it was just good, proper tag wrestling, and it just built and built and built and cooked and cooked and cooked. And we got to a point where like they're doing all these cool uh, dynamic counters and hot tags and near falls and combos. And um, it's funny, Finn Balor these days, look, he's not what he used to be. And as a singles wrestler, his matches don't have the ceiling that they used to have. Like he doesn't have these four and a quarter star matches anymore. He's just super solid. Damian Priest also, he's not, he doesn't wrestle at a main event level as a singles guy. You know, he doesn't have four star matches. He's just like decent, right? But it's a tag team. Balor and yeah. Priest, they're they have very good tag matches pretty much all the time. Um, it's kind of funny how that works. Like they maximize each other's output when they, when they're together um, so much so that like, I think that this is just like the role they need to be in for like a long time. Um, it, it just gets the most out of both of them. So Ballard and Priest are very good. And, and, and so are, so are DIY man, Gargano and Champa. They're, they've gotten onto a role on the main roster. They've, they have, they've had numerous very good matches now, Rob, between the Imperium one, between the one they had against the Judgment Day B team, yep. 
and now this. Um, these guys, these guys are doing very well, and, and this match came together very well. At some points, it was giving me flashbacks to NXT, to be honest with you, especially when Johnny Gargano did the La Mystica and turned it into the Gargano escape, and um, Ciampa got him in the Sicilian stretch, got uh, the other one in the Sicilian stretch. I thought they were going to do the, the revival finish. I thought they were going to yeah, tap. Grab it to his hand, uh, but they got out of it, and, and ultimately, um, uh, Ciampa got hit with the Razor's Edge and got pinned after a coup de gras. And um, yeah, man, I, I kind of wish DIY won this match to be honest. And you could have furthered the R Truth turn by having them. If Truth costed our, uh, Judgment Day the belts, and then it led to that turn, I would have honestly preferred that. But, yeah. But um, DIY did not win here. Judgment Day retained, and they were basically kind of cutting a promo. And then that led to the next phase of the uh, of the of the segment. But uh, when it comes to the match, what did you think of this, Rob? I, I was a big fan. I loved this match for the simple fact that, especially since it was commercial free, you can see how easy it is for a guy for good wrestlers like these to get have twelve minutes, which is so crazy to think about. But it was literally twelve and a half minutes, and in twelve and a half minutes, you thought this was like a twenty minute takeover tag team epic the way that they they laid this out and the way that they did this match um i thought they really helped get johnny over um essentially as much as it helped get champa over um like you said finn and damien are really good tag team wrestlers like they're wrestlers that are great wrestlers and then when they get oh like balor when he gets older he can't he phases really out of the good singles wrestler role and he phases into the good tag team wrestler role i think damien has always been the good tag team wrestler and so it's basically just like them getting to the point that they are from literally six months ago. They were coming out to fucking like silence. It's, it's so it's it's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Good stuff. And in the post-match promo, um, Priest is celebrating uh, Dominic and J.D. McDonough come out and they're all kind of just like taking their victory lap. And then uh, Priest is talking about how Judgment Day is a family and all this and that. And he calls our truth out. And Truth is thinking he's part of the family, and he's like talking all, all this our truth nonsense. And ultimately, Priest tells him, "Truth, here's the thing: you didn't let me finish. You're not a part of the family because you're not in the Judgment Day, and you never were." And he said, "I like you, so I'm not going to be the one to do this to you." But and that's when JD McDonough hits him from behind, and they jump our truth. JD McDonough. Yeah, they jump our truth. They're beating him up, Yo. and Miz comes out for the save. Miz gets stomped out, and Judgment Day stand over the awesome truth. So uh, we'll I see what this goes. McDonough put some stank in that. Yes, he did. He elbowed the hell out of his the back of the truth's neck. But uh looks like we're getting we're gearing towards a uh a awesome truth versus priest and balor match. I'd like this to be uh wrapped up imminently, uh whether it be on TV. If you have to do elimination chamber, that sounds ass, but um I what I don't want is for this to lead to mania. I think that would fucking stink. And I think that'd be a, a misuse of the tag team championship, especially during the time when the division is as strong as it's been in a long time. Yeah, awesome, but, awesome truth. Uh, Cinderella story, tag title win at WrestleMania will be disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like some Vince McMahon twenty twenty one bullshit. Uh, so the division right now is too talented. That sounds like something they would do when the tag division has no depth. But there's there's tons of depth in the division oh. now. I, I really hope not. It's like when it's like when in the revival. I mean, shout out the revival. I miss the revival, but um, it's like when the revival like had that tag title reign, and then they gave their tag title reign to fucking Zack Ryder and two hundred and two hundred plus loss 
fucking Kurt Hawkins for literally just no reason, just because they needed the tag match on the show. Tag wrestling was pathetic, you know, and, and yeah. Now that now that tag wrestling has some prestige in the company again, and these belts mean something, and these and there's tons of tag good tag wrestling every week. Um, you're doing yourself with your company disservice by building the division's main title storyline around this. I get that Arsenal Truth are unfortunately over with this audience. Um, Somebody asks, where did the creeds go? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's one of those cycled in and out things. Uh, but I, I know that Brutus hasn't been wrestling recently, so he might have sustained a mild injury. No, he did. He wrestled um, actually last week on the main event. They both wrestled? No, it was uh, Brutus versus uh, the the Riley Osborne. The uh, no, not Riley Osborne. The fucking the deaf guy in uh, Miles Bourne. Miles yeah. Bourne. All right. Well, either way, um, yeah, I'd like to see them come back for sure. I'd like to see the Creeds. I think honestly, the tag belts could warrant like a a, a a TLC match at Mania. To be honest with you, I would not mind a big blow away match with a bunch of the tag teams in one big match. Just going crazy, you, you know. Four tag teams in there, you know. You can do DIY Judgment Day Creeds and the New Day or something, uh, uh, and and then you just have this big kind of just uh, knockout drag out match or something like that. But um, yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, after this. Rob, they did a they did a Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Piper Niven match. This was extremely short. I think it lasted only two minutes. And uh, the shooters got got the win. And it was so emphatic that it made it very clear that Shayna and Zoe are going for the women's tag titles. So that'll probably be the next big major match for the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, the only thing is, who am I supposed to cheer for in that match? Because Shayna and Zoe feel like heels, and so are the Kabuki Warriors. And I don't know what the crowd's going to do with that action. But I do know that Shayna faced Kyrie before, and I know their chemistry was pretty good, so... We'll see what happens. Yeah, Shane, Shane and Kyrie have really good matches, and uh, Zoe Stark and Oscar are still really good. So mm. Cody Rhodes came out for an in-ring promo, and uh, he was just basking. And the crowd did get into him. They're chanting Cody. They're chanting You deserve it. He had Samantha Irvin uh, re-announce himself as a 2023 and 2024 Royal Rumble winner. So he was feeling himself. He was so excited, so happy, and he was saying, "Let's get to business. Let's make it official at WrestleMania." And right before he could officially declare that he's challenging Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins comes out. And, you know, it was like, what the fuck's going on here? And essentially, Seth Rollins pleads his case and tells Cody, I want you to challenge me, not Roman Reigns. And Cody has this confused face. He is flabbergasted. He's like, what are you, what the hell? And Seth Rollins' reasoning was essentially, he's like, look. He basically was saying that, like, we brought, this championship is for the boys. This is for the workhorses. This is for the guys who, like, we're here. This belt was created because Roman Reigns would be gone two weeks, multiple months. Sometimes every few months he would come back. And he was saying that, like, that's a disgrace. That's bullshit. That's the belt for Hollywood. That's the politicker's belt. That's the Hulk Hogan belt. And he's saying this is the actual fucking wrestling championship for guys. He's saying me and you, we make the towns all the time. And he said, I see you on the road with me. We're, we're, we're partners in this. We, we've restored the prestige of, world, of, of, of the world title and blah, 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 blah. And he essentially said, like, don't try to sell out and go for the corporate belt because Roman Reigns isn't a champion anymore. He said, this company calling him a god, he's not a god anymore. He, he basically said, this, dude, this dude's a fucking fraud. Fuck him. Ignore him. Let's basically do the right thing for the boys and we wrestle at WrestleMania for this championship. And to be honest with you, from a character standpoint, I get why Rollins wants Cody to challenge him. Uh, it's slightly insecurity. It's also uh, him seeking validation for his championship. Um, but uh, with that said, Cody Rhodes, I was expecting him to kind of just politely tell him no. And he basically said, out of respect for you, because I do have immense respect for you, 
I'm going to think about it. And that's where we left off. And like I said earlier, I get them wanting to address the elephant in the room, but it's going to be very difficult to navigate how you do this without burying Seth's championship. So uh, yeah. they're going to have to do their best to come up with an explanation for that. And then also not make Seth look crazy because how do you reroute to potentially Drew slash Sami Zayn if Cody dumped him without making him look like a loser? Uh, but so with that said, I'm going to let it play out with the segment rather than overtly saying it was like bad or good. It's just a risky idea is what I would say. And uh, I'll leave it at that. What did you think, Rob? Um, I mean, I pretty much already gave my thoughts on right, what right. you should have done earlier. It's just like there were ways to get him out of that situation, you know, without making it like Seth's belt look like shit. There's a very clear reason. I don't know why it wasn't given by Cody. Very clear reason why Cody basically is choosing Roman. His wife, his daughter, his, I don't know if Dustin was there, and his his best, one of his best friend's son, in Brody Jr., was front row for him basically getting fucked over by the bloodline. Mm-hmm. That is the reason he wants Roman at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That right there. Very easy. Very easy. Absolutely. Um, we followed this up with a Kofi Kingston promo. He was fired up. He really wants his hands on Gunther. Um, and uh, and uh, he said, the one thing people forget about the New Day is that they win championships. We got a video package for Braun Breaker. And they were just kind of hyping up his performance at the Rumble, which was very explosive. A lot of Braun Breaker video packages. Yes, there was. There was a lot of Braun Breaker conversation on commentary as well. They're like, how about that Braun Breaker, man? Like, what do you think? Uh, Jay Uso faced Bronson Reed. These are two guys that are fairly decently protected both in the upper mid card at this point both guys that need big singles wins both guys that were classified as people that want singles championships in 2024 so i didn't expect the finish here to be honest with you because i think bronson reed uh, i thought they were going to protect him going to australia but i do know that jay uso is main event jay uso and so if he didn't win here it would really feel like he's been de-emphasized lately when he's supposed to be a pushed guy uh, so they just, they just went with the, the, a clean finish which you know what? I, I respect it on some level because, you know, I'm not big on 50-50 booking. And look, if you pick one guy that you think is above the other guy, then fucking just go with him. So they chose Jey Uso. Jey Uso got the clean pin here. The match was standard. Crowd is into Jay, And uh, he got the win in, uh, in the almost invisible WWE rankings. It feels like one of those things where they were tied for fifth seed. And Jey Uso, uh, Jey Uso uh, uh, what's it called? He essentially kicked... Uh, Reed down the standings. So that was the deal with Jay Uso and Bronson Reed. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Rob. Um, no, not really. I mean, it was it was a fine match. You mm-hmm. know, um, don't understand why on Saturday they eliminated Andrade with Bronson Reed and then he just got pinned. But yeah, that's the thing, because it it's like you could have you could have done a sink. So here's the thing, because you could have had Andrade then beat him in a singles match as the revenge for the elimination, but you already took the edge off that because Reed already got pinned by Jay. You know what I mean? So it's going to be tough to heat that one back up unless unless you just ignore it and have Andrade do something else. But um, It makes yeah. more sense. We need to see more Bronson Reed matches. And the reason why I say this is Bronson Reed is always in promo packages talking. And sure, like you you brought it up to me when we were watching uh, Raw last night. Um, you said like he doesn't lose often. But the thing is, just like we don't see him wrestle very often, you know what I mean? So it's just like he, we, we, yeah, he doesn't lose. He hasn't lost in a while because he hasn't fucking wrestled in a while. They were originally going to do Ron, Rollins versus Bronson in, in in Perth, Australia, but um, 
that's not going to be able to happen. You know what I think they should do, honestly? They should properly blow blow off Bronson Reed Ivar there. They should do a Viking Rules match on, on that show, I think. I, I would have Bronson beat Ivar on a Viking Rules match on that show in front of his home home country. Uh, but so so that was that match. The uh, the Titan Tron that he walked out with, the new Godzilla one, was very frightening and off-putting. Uh, backstage, we had a very interesting video uh, uh, um, segment. So basically, they were showing Andrade's uh, uh, Royal Rumble highlights and some WWE highlights from, from Andrade. And uh, we see Adam Pierce congratulating Andrade for signing with Monday Night Raw. So Andrade has signed with Raw. And that, and uh, Nick Aldis came by, and he was like, oh, you already signed it. I was going to prepare a big deal, big offer for you. So Aldis wanted uh, Andrade, right? And um, Pierce was like, well, you should have should have called me faster. And and uh, uh, Aldis was like, so I, I let you, I let Bailey come on this show. I let Damage Control be here. I lent them over to you. And this is what you do. You start just sneaking size talents over. And uh, Pierce is like, hey, man, it's, you know, it's business, man. Oh, everything's fair in business. And Nick Aldis is just kind of like, all right, nigga, bet. And then his phone starts ringing. He's like, hold on. I like how he did that. What happened? I like how he did that. Yeah, he's like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're gonna excuse me here. It's, it's Braun Breaker. It's Braun so, Breaker, nigga. <laughs> so he, he's looking to sign Braun Wembenyama to a big contract. Braun Breaker is treated on this show like the biggest prospect entering WWE, which is the correct way to use Braun Breaker. Um, they're making him feel special, important, like a highly sought after um, um, commodity, which is what he should be. And so, uh, yeah, man, he's probably going to sign a big deal on SmackDown with, with uh, Nick Aldis, and I think this is a very interesting development that makes you look forward to both guys' futures with uh, with Breaker and Andrade. So I was a big fan of this. We followed this up with a Gunther promo. Um, Gunther was basically just saying, he told Kofi to l- leave it all out there on the ring because once Gunther's done with him, no no one will remember his accomplishments. Uh, Becky Lynch cut had a backstage interview where she basically just said she wasn't going to give up on her pursuit of the championship. Um, we had a Gunther Kofi Kingston match that was the longest match on the show. It was about 16 minutes, went through three segments. And um, the crowd wasn't into this at the beginning of it, surprisingly, because usually Kofi matches are heated. But um, Gunther just chips away at him. He chips away, heat segments, all that type of stuff, chops, everything. A lot of Boston Crabs, a lot of backbreaker-type moves to, 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 to soften his back paws uh, for the, the, the Boston Crab that he's employing on Kofi. And by the end, yeah, the crowd got super into this. Um, Gunther... Gunther spinebustered Kofi under the apron, and his neck hit right on the apron. Which Bro, is... he was like, he didn't even hit his back, like one part of his back. Terrifying bump, terrifying bump. Kofi uh, uh, got three topes off on Gunther. Kofi did a rana on Gunther, and Gunther went headfirst into the 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 the, um, the pole. Uh, Kofi got uh, Kofi did a le- I believe it was a, a jumping like steamboat chop on Gunther. Gunther's body was laid on the ring steps, and and Kofi basically kind of chopped. He jumped off the uh, barricade and chopped him onto it, which is a cool spot. He rolled Gunther into the ring. He got the jumping like boom drop on the top rope. Big near fall wasn't the finish. Um, Gunther hit him with various lariats and combinations, um, but Kofi Kingston got to hit him with an SOS, which is a really great near fall, pretty electric closing stretch. But ultimately, Gunther went into that Akuma mode, Street Fighter Akuma mode, Raging Demon. He just hit him with his barrage. The drop kicks, the lariat, the uh, you know, the sleeper, the, the power bomb, the Tenryu style folding power bomb. Fucking dropped him on his head. Yep. The sleeper suplex. Yep, yep, yep. So Gunther finished him off with that combo and got the win here. No surprises. Kofi was never going to win this match, but it was a very good match. And like I said at the top of the show, Monday Night Raw is better when Gunther and Sammy are around because you can bridge the three hours with elite talent. Three hours is too long for any wrestling. It's too long for any wrestling show. 
no wrestling show should be three hours, Rob. Monday Night Raw is essentially the length of a pay-per-view. Right. But if you're going to have a three-hour show, for it to have a prayer of being good, you need to bookend every hour with elite talent. So Gunther being the hour two wrestler uh, really helps, and I thought this match was really good. What did you think, Rob? Yeah, I love this match. Um, I love that they gave Kofi Kingston another spotlight um, in the year of 2024 to basically show that he can still, he while he's not prime Kofi or, or by any means or any stretch of the imagination, he can still go in the ring with the, some of the best talents or some of the greatest talents on the roster. Um, I love I, I love all of Gunther's heat sequences. He's probably got the best heat sequence in wrestling, um, and yeah, it, it was a really good match. I, I'm very, very interested to see what they do with Gunther going into WrestleMania. So, Absolutely, absolutely. I thought it was very good. And in the post-match angle, uh, Kaiser and Vinci started beating up on Kofi. Xavier came out for the save. He gets beat up by Kofi. Gunther's laughing at the ramp, and Imperium come out, and they're all on the same page, and they're celebrating. And, uh, yeah, Imperium stands tall, and they stand dominant. And, listen, if um, – as a viewer, it feels like it's hard not to think of Biggie and be like, is Biggie the guy to come out to save this? But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's too good to be true. Sami Zayn had a backstage interview, and he essentially said that it's tough, but uh, Drew needs a reality check. And um, he's saying he basically said he's going to put a stop to Drew in the main event. Uh, we got a Kabuki Warriors versus Natalya and Tegan Knox match. And not only was this bad, it was no, it, there was no heat for it. Uh, just, just, a, just a bad wrestling match that I probably didn't care about. Uh, Tegan Knox is a shell of herself, to be completely honest with you. And it was, it was really sad to see Natalia on the apron, just trying to get the crowd to chant for her. She's doing claps, and she's like Tegan, Tegan, to get the crowd to give her anything. But it's like there's nothing to care about there. And so this just didn't come together in any way. A far cry from just the match that Kabuki Warriors had on Friday, which was on SmackDown, because they faced uh, Kaden and Katana, and that was a good, that was a fun and good wrestling match. This was not. This was this was this was really bad, and it had no heat. And um, the Kabuki Warriors won with their finish, which was the Scorpion Death Drop uh, Elbow Drop Combo. Following this, we got the angle that we spoke about earlier, where basically uh, Bailey came out. She was going to decide who she's going to face. Nia attacks Rhea Ripley. And uh, and she um, Nia beat the shit out of Rhea. Beat Ripley. the shit out of Rhea Ripley. It looks like Rhea versus Nia is the Australia match, which I don't have a problem with. And we've spoken about this before. Um, so so that, that I, I think that's going to be pretty interesting that, that matchup. Uh, regarding Bailey and Damage Control, the crowd didn't really care about this. They were super dead by this point of the show. Um, Bailey looks like she's going to make her decision on SmackDown, and the camera pointed at EO, who looked very. Uh, nervous and just kind of like wary about what Bailey's about to cook. So we'll see what happens here on SmackDown. Uh, but we followed this with Caden and Katana having a backstage interview, and they're going to face the Kabuki Warriors in a rematch on Raw. That should be good because the first match was good. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and yeah, Drew McIntyre had a backstage interview, and we had the main event of Raw. This was shorter than normal Raw main events. Usually Raw main events are three segments. This was two. Um, but it's Drew and Sammy, Rob, and these guys just always cook, you know. Um, they did picture in picture for the commercial break, so you missed like they're they're doing like fighting spirit chopping spots uh, in the commercial that I wish we got to see because Sammy was like taking the chops and kind of like ah shaking his head and trying to power up and shit. Uh, but um, yeah, they're doing the fighting spirit and all that type of stuff. And um, yeah, they come out of they come out of the commercial break. They're going back and forth. A lot of cool counters. A lot of really fun fun stuff there. Um. There was a there was a moment we got a cool camera angle where Drew had Sammy at the top rope, but Sammy turned it into a sunset with power bomb. He had a lot of cool moves. There was a superplex. Sammy Zayn got him with the tornado DDT Lucha style. 
Um, Sami Zayn tried to get him up for a, a brain buster. Drew reversed that. Drew did a sit out, uh, um, a sit out jackknife, I believe, power bomb, which was super cool. Um, he got him with the um, uh, what's that move? The Celtic cross that kind of like the one that he has you like diagonally on the back. Air raid crash. He got him with that one. And um, and yeah, man, Sammy got him with a haluva kick. But when he was going for it, Drew hit him in the nuts. It was a very creative nut shot. And then yeah, and then Drew just hit him with a with a claymore and won the match. I was surprised this had a finish. I thought they were going to go to a finish, uh, but but they they did. I guess they just feel like they could beat Sammy because he's just going to be over no matter what. But yeah, Drew got the finish. He looked dominant, and he's just producing some of the best work of his career. So I thought this was a very good match to close Raw. What did you think, Rob? I love the way that they didn't have Drew outright hit him in the nuts. They was basically just like, oh, it was a quote unquote, it was an accident. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, I like the way they did that. Um, Drew and Sammy have great chemistry for whatever reason they just every time they get in there and they start hitting slapping each other and punching each other and chopping each other it's really good shit um hopefully they get involved in doing something together at wrestlemania um because that would be really really good whether it's a singles match or whether they um they do something with the world title you know like I I really enjoy the dynamic of Drew and Sammy and whether or not Drew stays, I would love to see what goes on with uh Drew in the world title and Sami Zayn. So I agree and uh I'd also love Sami Zayn to win the world title if that was possible. So we'll see what happens there. But uh a good close to a raw that I thought in, in, in isolation was a good show, even though there's tons of uncertainty surrounding the future of the company's creative leading to WrestleMania. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, do we have any super chats, uh, Rob? Uh, yes, yes. We have. Um, so, so, go ahead. I was going to say, Will Chisholm, $5. Do the wait, people in Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so here's the thing, guys. This is your last chance to get super chats because we're going to get out of here early. Um, so get them in now because this will be the final opportunity to go. So go ahead, Rob. Um, Will Chisholm, $5. Do the people in NXT know how big a deal the fans look at Julia? So HBK or whoever give them the. What does that say? The the what? Um, that's gimmick. Not, Will gimmick? You... That's uh, 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 give okay. them a gimmick that's not stupid. If she goes NXT, I genuinely think she will not be a victim of the NXT gimmick machine. Bro, the NXT gimmick machine that Sari went through was the Bruce Pritchard gimmick machine, brother. And beyond that, um, the gimmick machine is usually given to like the NIL people who like are just blank slates, you know, that they're just trying to get over. Um. So I don't think I think she'll be pretty pretty close to her start and presentation, especially upon uh, debut. Um, alrighty, hush for one ninety nine. Drew definitely resigned. Feels like it at least. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. All right, and um, hush one ninety nine. Y'all think they called Stone Cold Steve Austin in for WrestleMania? It would be kind of short notice for him to prepare for something, but who knows? The, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know who you would do that with, though, because it's like if that was the case, and like Seth injury is worse, the one person you could see it happening with would see a Punk. Mm-hmm. Think, like, if Austin was going to wrestle, it was going to be for Phil, and Phil's not going to be able to make Mania. Yeah, so yeah, um, that's all the super chats for this episode. I'm pretty sure. All right, we'll give people a, a, another minute to get anything in, but um, 
Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this whole situation. I'm leaning towards what I would like, Rob. I would like, um, I would like them to do Rollins versus Drew versus Sammy. I'd like Gunter to finish his deal with Gable, and then with the tag match, I would like them to do a, a multi-person tag match. And um, yeah, like I'm just thinking about where everybody slots. The only people I can't figure out what they what they should do and what they will do for Mania is Kevin Owens. Um, Randy Orton and LA no night should face Logan Paul. Randy Orton, I'm not sure what he, he will do. Uh, same with Kevin Owens, but I guess we'll see how this thing comes together. I, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what they do with the world heavyweight title. Um, I like you said, I really think like the match with Ivar got me re into wanting to see Gable finish his story with Gunther. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't I just don't know what you do with the world title. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh, time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, but folks, that was the raw review. Able to finish. Able to finish. Oh boy. It's not happening. I'm not flinching. Look, bro, I'm at work, so I can't do my whole yelling gimmick or anything. I'm exposing Ibu live on air. I was on call with this nigga last night, and he ranted for 30 minutes. This is a shoot, by the way. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Rob was there. Ranted for 30 minutes. Shook. Scared. Pissing down his leg. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, my God. Seth, don't do this. Oh, my God. Cody, please, no. Don't do this, Cody. This nigga was in tears. This nigga was shook. This nigga was crying. This nigga was pissing his pampers. He said, how do you, how do you say no to all these things Seth Rollins is saying without completely burying this belt? Ibu said, Ibu said, if Cody is going for Roman, why do you do this segment? Just for him to piss on quote unquote Dusty's belt. Again, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Ibu, have I told a single lie yet? Sometimes, Sometimes you're a moment. moment. You know, you, you, know, just, you just you're not thinking. Think think uh, with some with clarity, some clarity I slept on, on it. And I'm not and I'm You see, the thing is, Ibu, right? You can't cry for almost an hour and then be like you know what actually i'm not flinching you are flinching you are flinching bitch <laughs> Yo, ass Ibu, nigga. Ibu, Ibu will go on the timeline and be like no 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 and he'd be like not flinching we not flinching it's it, it's it, it's sad bro it's sad that Ibu could just could just could just cry and cry and cry <laughs> and then turn around and be like actually i'm not flinching and then if if cody does win the wwe title at wrestlemania Cody Ibu's bitch ass is gonna get on the timeline and say it was never in doubt. It never was. It never was in doubt. It never was in doubt, nigga. Nah, right, bro. We got Dwayne, tweets to prove otherwise. Wayne is gonna be an enforcer. Look, bro. They say Ibu always switching up depending on the day. That's Nigga, Dwayne said. Nigga, Dwayne said, should I sit at the head of the table? And you had a panic attack for 10 minutes on the time. Bro, he was holding his he chest. Says. He held his chest and collapsed like he was Tony Soprano looking at an Uncle Ben's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is crazy, though. That nigga Tony did not like. Um, but yeah. Flip-flopper, bro. Wait, he, yo, come on, bro. Come on. This is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Wait, what did it say? 
It's a it's a late rule. We don't do we don't do Lay. LeBron slander. We don't do LeBron slander. Don't talk about my glorious king like that. Facts. Listen, we're not flinching. Ebu wanted to cardiac arrest on the rock show. Look, Ebu, I, I I didn't I didn't listen to the beginning of the podcast, mm-hmm. but I want you to succinctly. Like, why do you think this is going on right now? And since you're not flinching anymore, mm. let me know why you think this is going on right now. Two things. I think that this was an elephant in the room and the thing that everybody was talking about that they felt they needed to address. And they've done this many times before. Last year, it was like, oh, my God, Cody's not as over as Sammy. Sammy's actually the story with the bloodline, not Cody. And what they did, they had Sammy run out on Raw and go, Cody, come out here. And they basically laid their cards on the table and, and had a segment. Look, Sammy was like, do you think I could beat Roman? You know, are you or are you looking past me? And Cody's like, no, I, I think you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's like, go out there, go beat Roman, go finish your story, and we could wrestle at WrestleMania. And and it was a nice way to kind of ease fan tension and concern. And so I think here there's always been the lingering thing of like Cody's the ace of the show, but the guy holding the belt is someone he's never looked at. Why is that? And so I think for Seth's character, it's necessary for him to be like, yo, so what's going on? Like you just you just you think I'm a chump? Like what's, like what, what is this? Rob, uh, Rob. Rob, am I smoking crack? Or has this been addressed by Cody Rhodes on multiple occasions, on air and in interviews? In interviews, yes. On, on yeah. air, he just does the thing of, like, my eyes are on Roman, essentially. You know, like, I, I'm trying to finish my story. I don't know, bro. This elephant don't look like elephanting. I don't know, bro. I, again, I think what Cody's gonna Delicious. Have, what Cody's going to have to tell Seth is, look. All respect for you. You have brought that belt back to the boys. You're doing a great job. You do make the towns with me. But it's because of the fact that we have to do this away from this tyrannical reign that I need to go over there and stop it to save WWE. I think he has to tell him something like that. And, and for Seth to not look like a dork, he... Why has Cody been on... Logistically, like, um, from the writer's point of view, why has Cody been on Raw this whole time? Um, If he's in direct contact with Roman Reigns for a whole year... It's gonna be impossible to keep them away from each other every week. It's a, it's way too impossible. Well, they 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 kept it possible to keep him away from Seth for an entire year. That's different. They're both baby faces, you know. All right, bro. It's true. It's true. Like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> either way, <Fed> bad. <laughs> either way, not flinching. Solid show tonight. Three good matches. We'll see what they do with Mania, folks. This is the raw review thing. Well, it was those two good matches. uh, folks uh, we'll we'll see you next time Uh, thank you so much for supporting and watching and uh, we'll catch you next time